What are you listening to? You don't know that the guys are put I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's... All right, listen up, y'all. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colisano, joined, as always, by my friend Scott Bracey, who is dressed in his Michigan garb today. Yes, sir. Very exciting. Who's the player that you're repping? It's the old Mario Manningham 86. Oh, my goodness. You really are a deep fan when you're buying Mario Manningham's jersey. Was he like like your favorite player at the time? Well, in 2005 and six, it's just numbers. So there's no name on the back. It's just so it's just numbers, and you know obviously who they are. Sure. So at the at the at the, at the at the at the college, I mean, at the college stores, you get about six, seven options, and then you try to take. So when we go up there every year, you buy. I got a seven. I got a twenty. I got an eight. I got so then like who's left? So then it's an eighty-six. Well, do they have names on their on their backs now? You can do it now. You can basically go online and get at the end. Then the Michigan school store has options. We can get no no name and name now, obviously, because everything gotcha. going on. So, and then you can personalize with, with like the left guard. If that's your cousin, you can get the jersey of that with oh, the okay. name on the back. Where years ago you couldn't do it. Gotcha. You had to wait till they were out of school to do it, but now it's it's an option to do it. But now I got like thirty eight jerseys, and I don't want to fucking buy any more jerseys. Do you, do you so. really have that many? I got probably in the deep twenties, I would imagine, and then yeah, I got now I got damn. like I got Brady and Howard and Woodson and Jake Butt and Devin Bush all now with the names on the back since they're out of school. So sure, it's fascinating. I'm wearing my Jets T-shirt today. Uh, because oh, you're getting I, ready to go too. Yeah, well, pal. I heard I heard that Zach Wilson might be watching, and he hasn't signed his contract yet, and he's the only Jet not to have signed his contract so far. And I'm just <laughs> I'm just here in support to say, Zach, buddy. Just sign it, dude. You're gonna this, you know. There's not a lot of wriggle wiggle room these days for with these contracts. The way holdouts, the, yeah, they don't have the same. Yeah. You know, they're 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 not really hold. You don't really see holdouts anymore because it's more about dude, language. The contracts, yeah, yeah, they're all they're you're all slotted. Yeah, they're you're mostly yeah, slotted. slotted. Right, right, right. And um, you're 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 trying to. It's language that. We talk we talk uh, salary cap all the time, and like some people get annoyed with that. This is one area where it's like it's so unnecessary to discuss. So I'm not, but it it's just a matter of time. They'll they'll figure it out, and he will be there. And, uh, well, you like you know, to get, you don't later. want to, you yeah. don't you don't want to miss that much of camp. So I don't think he's like going to. Get to. Within the next, yeah, well, I, I mean, Sam we saw Darnold through, went, yeah, Darnold went through the same thing with the Jets when he was a rookie, and he, he signed more time. He'll he'll it'll, it'll be done very soon, I'm sure. This guy, he's not the only rookie that didn't sign, right? No, this guy, but he's only Jet. He's only, only rookie. Jet. He's only drafted Jet that hasn't signed. So you know, maybe he wants. Maybe he wants. Maybe he wants to be traded already. <laughs> I kid. Jesus. I kid. I kid. Such a what dick. kind? Of- <laughs> well, what does he want to go to Denver? Which would make sense considering he's from Utah. But yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about Denver later today when we do our AFC West. Is this our final divisional preview? Sad but true, my friend. Sad it is but the true. final NFL breakdown. Which is great timing because in a couple weeks, all these NFL teams will be starting their preseason camps, which is very exciting because it just means, it means that I know. real football is right around the corner. 
and um, and that's always awesome. But I do have to let you know that we had an official conclusion to my Little League baseball season this year. Uh, we were able to somehow pull off a barbecue pool party this past weekend, which, of course, the weather didn't cooperate with on Saturday. So I was like, no problem. We'll push this off till Sunday. And then you look on the calendar, Sunday's the 4th of July. And, you know, who has plans and who, you know. Luckily, I mean, we I feel good. We had at least half the team there. Some of the boys had a, a, some of the boys had a baseball tournament that they were in, and at least one of them came and was able to come. They hit about 52 wiffle balls over the fence, which I think we got about six of them back. So I'll be on, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on Amazon ordering some new wiffle balls because I like to do wiffle balls when I'm doing, like, batting practice with Peter Richard because, yeah. you know, you're not chasing balls all over the goddamn place. So the wiffle balls are perfect for that because they don't travel very far, you know, but then but, but right. just getting the work in. So with a, with a, with a real bat. Um and to and to just you know put everyone's mind at ease because I was the evil man, you know that refused to buy ice cream or snow cones. Like, oh, you're such a dick. These kids played their hearts out, and you don't buy them ice cream. You don't buy them snow cones. Just for you know to to close that out as well. I did buy. Well done, sir. I did buy Italian ices for the kids. And um, if you go to our Instagram page, which you can see down below on the scrolling down below, which is kind of cool, bump and run cast. uh, After this podcast is done, I will post the picture with my athletes and the Italian ices. They loved them, by the way. They were so appreciative. It was 9,000. Of course they did. They're fucking 10 years old. You held out for them for months. Of course they loved them. Well, it. You know what? Sparky you, Anderson? You, Jesus you, Christ. You dangle the carrot out there for a while. You don't give them the reward before they, they win what, you know, you they, they finished or uh, go across the finish line. So it was worth it for them to wait. You know, well, come well on. Done. You, uh, I got, I got him on sale, too, call. which was nice. I got him on sale, of which was nice. Did, yeah. cheap, Saved a couple bucks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I got a surprise phone call from from Coach Calisano at about four o'clock Sunday afternoon, yeah. and you sound like a good time was had by all. It was. That afternoon. I even threw a little Woo! Facebook Live video on online there just to show the kids were having a good time. We have a nice, so we have an above ground pool, but we do have like a little slide, and the kids were just loving the slide. So the barbecue started like, I mean, like the pool part, the little gathering started at I don't know twelve thirty ish something like that and they were here until four or five o'clock and they didn't get out of the pool once so i love that that's how i grew up you know my mom and dad would have stuff ready and the kids would just play in the pool and just have fun and in and out of the pool they were batting they were playing basketball they were doing all kinds of stuff shooting their my son's uh what do you call it like the the nerf guns Yeah, yeah, yeah they're just doing it all and i just loved seeing it and the parents are having a good time you know having a couple cocktails and all that kind of stuff and yeah. It was good, and it was a good close. It was it was a good close to the season, and I'm happy for it. And it was an awesome season. Good. So, good. yeah, I had to call you. Well done. I had to call you, and I will be posting. <laughs> I will be posting evidence that the kids had Italian ices, and it was uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. Oh, by the way, I had to tell you a story. I don't know if I t- we didn't talk about this last week with the parent, who the parent. No, I don't who, think so. Okay, so. 
This maybe I don't even know if I would have. I have to give this parent some credit, and I, I never named names, so I don't want to say who it was. But we use an app to communicate just with our group, just with our team, right? So I said, hey, uh, you know, we're doing party, you know, on Saturday. If, if you want to bring anything, that'd be great. So one parent who I had no idea listened to the podcast. They listened as a couple. They, they both listened to the podcast. Oh, maybe you did say this. Yeah. yeah I don't know yeah, if I said it on here yeah. though. I told. I definitely told yeah, you, but right. I don't think I said yeah, it on that's here. That's right. Um, I get a text, <laughs> I get a message back through this app saying, Hey, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt your feelings or something like that. I don't want to be rude, but should I bring some Italian ices? I heard on a podcast <laughs> that you're cheap and don't want to get them for the kids. And I, lo- oh, I just absolutely oh. lost it. I lost it. I thought that was freaking hilarious that she would do that. And she's like, just kidding. Just kidding. I'm like, I actually wrote back like, that's the funniest thing I think I've ever, anybody's ever said to me. It was fantastic. And I loved it. That's good. So, uh, but I ended up getting the ices in case there's any confusion. Luckily I have a few left over and, uh, I get to, you know, I get to enjoy the, the fruits of my labor. So NBA finals are, just have just begun and the Phoenix Suns were able to um, get get a victory in game one. And of course, as usual, the overreactions continue nonstop. I swear to God, like they shouldn't be allowed to even do a daily or, or multiple times a day conversation about these things because it's already like, oh, the series is over. The, se- the series is over. Oh, oh, Coach Bud's an idiot. Like how many times can you continue <laughs> to say – that the same guy is an idiot who's in the finals. Oh, they didn't make any adjustments. Oh, what are they doing? It's like it's one game. This is the same team that that was down 2-0 to the Nets. This is the same team that was down to Atlanta. Like, they were down two games to one to Atlanta. It's, like, unbelievable. But the Suns do deserve some credit here, don't you think? No, they do. But, you know, Giannis played tough tough through an injury. Didn't think they were going to play him. He was upgraded in the morning to questionable, upgraded to probable at night, and then gave it a go. And I thought he looked pretty good for the most part. I thought he was – yeah, he looked really good. I, you know, I started off four for four from the line, which is rare for him to do as well. And It didn't continue But, yeah, that I think way, this, but... Is more, this is more about Phoenix, and, and Chris Paul is just hot as a firecracker right now than anti-Bucks, in my opinion. I, yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, like, they lost a road game after a tough series, and, you know, uh, Phoenix had a couple extra days off. Like, I don't even get it. And yeah, you know what? I, I should have started this off by saying I got to give Giannis a lot of credit because I don't know if you saw the video when that knee injury happened. Yeah, dude, it, a, a leg is not supposed to bend that way. That was like I, I really was like, oh shit! And you never want to see that, in a, especially in the playoffs, because you know, this, that especially that's one of their best players, if not the best player. He hasn't been their most clutch player, but he's you know he's their top player. So, you know, the talk was maybe he'll be back for game three. Don't worry so much about game one and two. And like you said, that morning it was like questionable and then possible. And then he actually played and played significant minutes and contributed big time and then had that unbelievable block, which was amazing, sprinting the length of the court and pinning that ball against the backboard, which was awesome. So, yeah. So – yeah, that leg, he definitely got lucky with that leg. It could it, That was very, very scary. Um, but a lot of people are saying, too, like, they're killing your buddy Budenholzer. But Giannis is getting more credit, like, than, than Kawhi is getting and Anthony Davis is getting. Like, I mean, guys, everybody's built different. Everyone knows their pain tolerance. But, I mean, it's also the finals. And Anthony Davis is, what, the first round? 
Yeah. And he tried to give it a go. He tried to give it a go. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi's thing could be an ACL. They don't know. I mean, that's weird that it's that's so That's a whole other weirdness. Oh, yeah. I know. It's it's on. It's a different level of yeah. weird. But we could talk about Yeah, that I give Giannis credit. And I think, uh, listen, what, game two's tonight? I believe so. And, yeah, we'll um, see what happens. Enough for anything. The Milwaukee in the Atlanta series, Milwaukee showed that they can win without him. I don't think it's so unusual <laughs> that a team goes on the road and loses the first game. It was a close game for most of the way, and they pulled away late. I mean, I don't know. I, it, you know, if you want to have any kind of criticism, I guess you could say that Milwaukee doesn't adjust a whole lot. But that's because they believe in what they do. They believe that when they do what they do best, they're going to they're gonna win more often than they're not. And frankly, yeah. so far in these playoffs, that has shown to be true. That that, that has been the case. Now, it, what, because they don't sweep everybody or because it doesn't look the way, you know, you want it to look, Jason Williams, or you want it to look, you know, Jalen Rose, Stephen, or a. Smith. Stephen a. They're in the finals. Like, I just love this idea. Like, it's almost like, well, if I was running this team, if they, if you were running this team, they wouldn't even be there. Because I hear the way you talk, and you, you're wrong most of the time, which is pretty amazing coming from, like, you know, high-end players. Not Stephen A. Yeah. But, like, high-end players who played in this game. Like, it's all pro player, and the players never yeah, make mistakes, and it's players. all the it's all coaching a coach's fault. Until it's never coaches because you have more talent. Like, it's just, it's just hilarious to me. I don't know how good a coach he is. I have no idea. I, do, I keep repeating this because I think it needs to be repeated. The guy has won coach of the year with two different teams, including this team. So he's a good enough coach to be recognized by his peers as an excellent coach. So these guys decide he sucks and, what, should still lose it? I mean, they're really they're literally still talking about him losing his job, which is amazing to me. Bro, it would be so funny to hear these guys talk after the Bucs win the thing. What are they going to say then? He didn't make enough adjustments? This is what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Like, hey, I guys, there's no more games. It's over. He won. That, you know, Shut up. Again, I understand. But, you know, this is like, you know, is this the complaint you would have gotten from the old Nebraska teams when they would just line up in that eye and they would run the ball, run the option? And if they lost, Tom it's Osborne like, well, they don't make adjustments. Well, because that's not what they do. They yeah, do they what they do. That's going to throw the ball for They do what they do. Days. They do it well. And they just say, hey, this is what we do. But we don't think, even you, with you knowing what it is, we don't think you can stop us. That's kind of where Milwaukee's at. You know, I actually think there has been some adjustments made. Chris Middleton has the ball in his hands way more than he did in the beginning of this yeah. series. Drew Holiday yeah. is attacking the basket way more than he did in the beginning of uh, – not in the beginning of the series, but in the beginning of the playoffs. Giannis is shooting significantly fewer three-pointers than he did early on in the playoffs and, th frankly, throughout the season. He's around the basket more. He's driving to the basket more, and he's not taking as many three-pointers and jumpers, which, frankly, he sucks at. So I do see I do see adjustments. It's just not the adjustments that they're talking about. It, but uh, specifically like defensive adjustments. Yeah, they're playing Pat Connington more off the bench, who's like a spark plug for them. He's pretty good. Ex minor league pitcher, by the way. Who's the other guy that they come off, that comes off the bench for them that really gives them a big spark? Bob, Bob, Bobby Portis, right? Bobby Portis. Yo, Nick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beginning of the season, not beginning of the playoffs. He what? He didn't have as big a role, and gradually, no. Because of his performance in the playoffs, you're seeing more and more of him, you know, getting playing time, like real playing time and big time yeah. playing time, shooting threes, like getting tons of rebounds, playing great defense. Like, 
I don't know. I just think it's like he's not not making the adjustments we want him to make, so he's not making adjustments or he stinks. And I just that's laughable. Well, what, For a team that's in the finals and they're twelve and five over the last seventeen games in a play. What are we talking about? And they're very comfortable playing down down a game or yeah, two. They don't they get, know what yeah, they doing. don't get worried. They don't get they know worried. what they're doing. I'm getting I'm getting alerts on my phone. Suns in four. Oh, it's just amazing. Vegas, Vegas has got the numbers. All their like, guys. Oh my god. Yeah, we have one of our one of our <laughs> listeners. One of our listeners who comments sometimes. She she said, "Up, oh, it's it's going to be a Phoenix sweep." And I'm like, "Can you slow down <laughs> just a little? Like, you do know that Milwaukee's going to show up for the rest of the games. It's just uh, was that what do you got going on there? If uh, if I have some power outage problems, then <laughs> stay with me here. I'll just carry. We're having a help. We're having a hell of a storm up here. So you're getting a storm right now? I think ours is on the way soon, yeah. Yeah, we got some flickering and and stuff going on, so. All right. It's not not Halloween, but it might look like it. What's the name of that hurricane that's working its way up here? Is it Emma? Elsa? I have no no, no idea. Something with an E. Whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it'll be here at some point. So anyway, I, I just think that's interesting. So you don't. So it's not. It's not down by you yet, but it's up here. I think you're talking. Just, you, there's two different storms coming. There's one that's coming from oh, the south, okay. which was that tropical storm that hit Florida first. Um, yeah. And then there's yeah, another yeah, storm yeah. coming from the west. I think that's probably what you're getting right now because uh, LC, okay. Emma, okay, yeah. whatever the hell it is, it hasn't gotten here yet. So, yes and no. Uh, so, gotcha. So no, that's not that for you. That's not that for you. Um, you know, of course, we do have to give Chris Paul a lot of credit. He, Absolutely. He clearly is the engine. And he there's okay. So the sentiment around the league is they kind of want him they want to see Chris Paul win to legitimize his legacy and all this kind of stuff. And it's funny that that's the case because that's how I was for most of the playoffs until now. Because now it's like when everyone on TV is rooting for everybody on TV and radio is rooting for you. Now I'm like, okay, now I want you to lose. Because they're all against the Bucks. And I'm like, okay, now I'm for the Bucks. Now I want to see the Bucks win just because screw you. Uh, but you can clearly see um, Chris Paul, like, he, he feels like he can almost touch that trophy because he has, you know, you look at the last game or two of the, of the uh, um, I almost said AFC West. What series? <laughs> A Western Conference series, and now <laughs> the first game of the of the finals. He's, he's shooting the ball more. He's looking to score a lot more. And I'm just a little nervous and concerned about that because he's not that kind of a horse anymore especially at 36 and has a history of getting hurt at the worst times because he's pushing 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 and you just got to be careful because that's not how they got here they didn't get here by chris paul scoring 32 41 points which is what he did in the in the last game at the west dude he looks he looks possessed though that's what i mean i mean he clearly looks like I, I'm not wow. going to lose this series. Like, I'm getting my championship. So that part of it is cool to see. I just don't want to see him, like, blow a tire here. Yeah, I know. You know, because Well, listen, he's he went his whole life to get here, dude. It, it's going to go. He's, if it's going to go, he's going to be happy to do it in the finals. I, mean, I know. Just be careful. All I'm saying is be careful. I'm Listen, you have guys there that have stepped up. You got Booker, who has learned a lot. You got DeAndre Ayton, who I wanted to mention here. Um, just, just be careful. It's, it's going to be a longer series than anybody wants to think. It's going to go at least six, maybe seven. I don't know who's going to – I'm not even saying who's going to win. I actually would still put my money on the Bucks, but that's besides the point. Um, just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Don't overdo it. You don't want to run out of gas, all that kind of stuff. So the NBA, 
to interrupt you real quick, the no, NBA I, probably was not was not thrilled with a Phoenix Milwaukee matchup. So if they can get six or seven games out of this, that'd be that'd be maybe save some face. Yeah, I don't know. It is interesting to see that LeBron James exited the playoffs early and the ratings have actually gone up from last year. Oh, that, which, that's good to hear. So I don't know if you saw there was a report out that LeBron James is the most hated athlete on Twitter, I believe. He, he gets the most like it's like 50-50 with love and hate. And Well, I, he's definitely I, the most in this podcast. <laughs> for sure. And um, it's funny because I'm watching some of the shows. I'm watching Skip and Shannon, and they're like, they're trying to make it a thing where it's because of his play. Like, oh, well, he didn't play good in this playoff game. And he did. And I'm like, you guys just don't even want to talk about what's right in front of your face. It's the fact that LeBron James is fake as shit, number one. He's fake as shit. And because he has a you know, political voice that he chooses to use, which is his business, but then you got to deal with the fallout of that. Right. Especially when you say stupid shit, like Daryl Morey, who's an MIT grad, doesn't know anything. What does he know about what's going on in China? I'm going to go with more than you know what's going on in China. Okay? (laughs) Call me crazy. So that's why people don't like LeBron, because he's he's a freaking big mouth. And because he's left people in a lurch. And I'm talking about even his friends. When he left Miami, he left... He left Dwayne Wade and Bosh. He left them sitting there holding their dicks. Like, you know, you th- then you win a title and you bail on Cleveland. Like, you know, it's just it's all about LeBron all the time. That's it's always been yep. like that. And that's why people don't like him. Not because of anything he has or hasn't done on the court. It's just that is what it is, you know, but they don't want to mention that shit. Anyway, uh, I mentioned Dion. Go ahead. Did you want to follow up on that? I was just gonna say uh, good afternoon to Tom. Tom jumped in on the uh, on the comments on Facebook. Oh, I must have missed it. And uh, and I just want to say I just can't wait till LeBron goes away. But I feel like it's gonna be longer than than we think. Say it again. I feel like LeBron's gonna hang around longer than we want him to. Um, I don't know. He may hang around for quite a while. I have no idea. But what I I don't. I'm very curious to see his level of effectiveness moving forward. I feel like this year was the first time that I can remember where he really never showed that extra gear. You know what I mean? Like when it was time for him to take over a game, I didn't really see it. When it was – they had injuries and – you know, he needed to step up and just like bail the guys that bail a team out for a few days or a week. He didn't do it. And I'm just curious. I'm I don't want to count him out because the guy's a physical specimen. I know he takes care of his body. He works very hard at that. So I don't know. And I, I've never been one to try to take away from his talent and his ability and his size and strength and speed and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, you know, Father Time is undefeated, and we shall see. You know what his ability is moving forward, which I just don't know. I, you know, yeah, I really just don't know. When the wheels start falling off, it's hard to get them back on. So, I'm not saying that's the case, but no, no, it just is know. what it is, man. You can't you can't keep doing it forever, and that's just the way it goes. I mentioned DeAndre Ayton, and I just want to bring that back up again because, dude, you're you know, um, Booker was already a a really good player. He had scored 50 multiple times before Chris Paul ever got here. Like he was already a great scorer. I don't know that he was a great player, and he's still not a very good defensive player. That's why some of these comparisons to Kobe like drive me bananas like just stop yeah, yeah. Kobe was a lockdown defender man so 
Um, but so Booker was already, Devin Booker was already a really good player, really good offensive player. But DeAndre Ayton, uh, I'm not going to say he was considered a bust, but, you know, he was a f- first overall pick. Yes. Yeah, first overall pick, right? And he was just kind of okay. And he, and what's even more interesting is he was kind of um, a guy out of his time. Like he's a real center. He's like I, I just compare yeah. him to Robert Parrish. He just lo- looks like and acts like he's kind of got similar body to Robert Parrish. And that kind of player just isn't in the league anymore. But we talked about this last week or in previous weeks where we say – uh, Phoenix isn't your typical team. They're not your typical analytics team. They don't. They shoot threes. They shoot plenty of threes. But Chris Paul is not your typical analytics player. They do get the ball into the post, which you don't see a lot of teams do anymore. And, and DeAndre Ayton has just grown up right in front of your face, and he is absolutely capturing the moment. This guy's been getting like high double-digit rebounds and scoring like twenty points f- for a bunch of games now. And I just, I just find that super impressive. I just think it's super impressive for a guy who he that was not him just a year ago, just one season ago. The leap that he's made, and really, especially in these playoffs, I'm I'm really really impressed by that. You know, well, you touched on him growing up and maturing. Remember, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle for his basketball ability because when he came out of Arizona, he was in the middle of that scandal, get paid, or he got a car. And, he, and I don't even know if he finished the year. Didn't he sit out the half the year or something like that down in Arizona? I don't remember. His yeah, freshman year or so. You might be right. Because I know the guy I know the guy Wiseman from the Warriors did the same thing with Memphis. He got there was controversy, then he's like, all right, I'm out of here. See, I'm gonna right, focus right. on the draft. I feel like I think did. he did that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure he did either, but something 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 else. But it was it was all squirrely. That whole thing yeah, was squirrely. Was all, so yeah. So that's why I think I don't I didn't give him a fair shake until this year either, because all I it was so negative him coming out. And listen, we and we talked last week about the whole college getting paid stuff. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole again. But I'm glad to see him like mature. And, and listen, he's got the right teammates. Paul maybe gets after his ass, and maybe he's a guy that needs that. No, he's he's acknowledged that. He said that one of the biggest things that's happened to him is Chris Paul and Chris Paul showing him how to be a professional, how to play the game right, how to how to play day in day out, um, expectations of yourself, how to take care of yourself. You know, be right. Exercise. The right. other side yeah. of it is, you know, Phoenix was bad. Phoenix was a bad basketball team. Um, they almost for made the playoffs last year, but for ten years, they're they're a bad basketball team. So you know, you get lost on a bad basketball team, also. So that's part of it. But just statistically, and just look at who he is, and maybe more importantly, the impact, the impact that he's having on these games. He's a, he's an absolute force defensively on the yeah. inside. He's he's like Dennis Rodman at this point when it comes to rebound. I mean, we're talking like high teens. I think the last last two games got 17 and 18 rebounds. It's like that's not just pretty good. Like that's <laughs> goddamn amazing, right? And then throw on top of that, you throw 20 points, 24 points, 22 points. Right. I'm just three blocks. I think what happens, yes, yes. I think what happens is we got the Chris Paul story, we got the Devin Booker coming of age, and we kind of leave out. You know, we you know we say, oh, and I I've said this. You know, uh, Chris Paul's most important player in his team, and Devin Booker is their best player. We don't even mention DeAndre Ayton. They're not anywhere near this. They're not anywhere near the finals if they don't have DeAndre Ayton playing the way he does. Right. He eats up a You're shit right. ton of minutes because they don't really have any other size on their team. So he dominates 
he dominates and he and he plays a lot of minutes, which you don't always see with big men who who legitimately play center. So it's just it's just been really impressive to me. I've I've just been really impressed by his growth and how quick it has happened. Yeah. You know, definitely. So of course, and, and, oh and no, God, and, yeah, there's still, and, and there's still room to grow, which is great. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Oh my God, he does look like he has the form for a decent little jump shot. I don't know if he's ever going to be a three point shooter, but I don't know that he has to because the rest of his game is so fine. He's I agree. Don't even worry about that. Decent shit. foul shooter, but just like yeah. what he does, if he, if he, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, if he could start to even refine his game with his back to the basket a little more. I just he runs the runs the floor really well. Like he's just he's a really nice player. It is good to see. It's it's hilarious though because, you know, up until like six months ago, Phoenix was considered a joke, like literally one of the worst organizations, dysfunctional as Colin Coward would would love to use the word dis dysfunctional organization. And just yesterday, he actually said, you know, they did it the right way. They did it through the draft. They developed their players. Then they finally brought in a Chris Paul. And I'm like, dude, five seconds ago, you called him dysfunctional, and now they do it the right <laughs> way. You just, you just, you just need to stop. You're just embarrassing yourself. So the big rumor that happened either early in the week or over the weekend, I can't remember, was that Dame, Damian Lillard and LeBron James were spotted at a – WNBA game and they let it be known that they were seeing each other and oh it, you know what that means right you know what that oh, means God. right did you see what happened no did I you did see not. the footage because I heard that and I'm like oh shit let me like that's what was said what was said was they let it be seen that they were talking together and you know what that means Dame is gonna demand a trade to the Lakers okay so LeBron <laughs> was standing there on court level, Damian Lillard walks by, shakes his hand, they look at each other and laugh, and Dame keeps walking. That was it. The media, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I <laughs> And I thought maybe they cut the footage off short. Like, I thought maybe they cut it and they didn't go to the part where, like, they were standing there and talking and, like, signing contracts yeah. and shit. Now, they shook hands <laughs> and moved along. And that was news for a friggin' day that oh, now God. Dame is going to demand the trade to the Lakers. That's that. So that does lead me to, to a question for you because the reality is we've talked about this. Damian Lillard is kind of stuck in purgatory on his, on his own volition. I might add, he has said he likes playing in Portland is not really, or hasn't been interested yeah. in leaving. This was the first year he was a little more vocal about getting help around him and also let it be known that he wouldn't mind having Jason Kidd as the coach, which they did not hire, right? So, you know, is it legitimate to talk about trade possibilities with Damian Lillard? I don't know. I don't know. But if we were yeah, – it, it is for sure. They're not going to trade him unless he asks for it, first of all. Like, that's just professional oh, suicide. Yeah. Ab absolutely. But could he absolutely. ask for a trade? I suppose. I just – if you wanted to stay in one place, then you probably still just want to stay in one place. But let's just say he does. Um, uh, what, what, would, what would be a potential trading spot for him to go to? Like, where could he go that, that both Portland and Dame are going to be – okay with that trade 
Well, we mentioned oh, Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. I, I mean, I mean, the Knicks, uh, being in New York up here and being a Knicks fan, the Knicks want every single guy. That's that's rumor. But, but I what just would don't you know. send I back? I mean, what? How? how well, would... that's. I was just gonna say. I don't think they and to send the players to keep the players you want with Dame to be good is the problem. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean. The, the thing is, it has to be an equal trade. Like, the, the Portland has to be willing to make the trade. They're not just going to send Damian Lillard wherever he wants to go because it's going to make them happy. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I actually do think the Sixers are a, are a possibility because whatever some people might think about Ben Simmons, there is value there. There is some value there. I also think the Celtics would be a good shot, a good spot. But, but, okay, so that is also a, a real – possibility um you know they're gonna have to part ways with some serious with some serious uh weight though like so that probably means like was it jalen brown is that his name jalen brown marcus smart at least jalen brown is gonna have to go and and i don't know if so you know boston was known for like stashing away draft picks for players forever i don't i think yeah. that time has come and gone though i don't know that they have any kind of banked yeah draft i think pick. they're done now yeah I think, I think that's it yeah and they're a playoff team so like it's just hard jalen brown is not going to be enough and i don't know that jalen brown and marcus smart is enough to get damian lillard and, and of course you want to keep tatum so he's probably off the you have to keep Tatum, market, right yeah you yeah have so that's because right. then what's the you point Exactly. That's what I mean you with the Knicks. To, you got to keep. Yeah. You got to keep Randall and Barrett to bring a little in to be good. You don't want to trade those guys away. This is the problem that I'm talking about. Like, you know, you have to pair him with somebody. That's where the Lakers talk comes from because you would trade Anthony Davis, and probably also Kyle Kuzma, um, to Portland, and maybe. Well, LeBron doesn't. LeBron doesn't like anyway. I think he's actually done with him too because he gets hurt too often and he's not dependable, which is funny because he was yeah. basically blowing him for a season and a half. Got his ring and now it's like, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> so um, I do actually think that would be interesting on the Lakers. I just – why would Portland do that? And then you're going to have Damian Lillard come back and just stick it up your ass with no lube every single right, time. Right. Why would, Why on earth would right. you do that? While Anthony, like, while Anthony would- Davis is sitting on the sideline in a suit and tie. Well, that's what I was just going to say. We mentioned that two weeks ago where Lillard plays a ton of games because McCollum's always out. Lillard's, and then you're going to bring a guy in that doesn't play? This is what I mean. Oh, F that. Yeah, yeah why would you no do way. that? Why would you nah. do that? So I just don't think it's likely. I'm curious if there's potential for Dallas. I did hear that Dallas does want to make a move, and the idea of like Luka and Dame being together is very intriguing. I don't know what that would take. I don't know if that takes Porzingis. I don't know if that takes some other young players that they might have that I'm frankly not aware of. Um, That's interesting, the, the dynamic on that, because doesn't Dame like playing with the ball? He does, but let's be honest. He is more of a two-guard. And let's also yeah. be honest, one of the reasons that Luka is so ball-dominant is because who the hell is he passing to? Like, Can you name like three players on, on the Mavs right now? I can name Tim Hardaway Jr. only because he's a Michigan guy. He'd probably have name... to go. Yeah, yeah, and he had a great year. He earned he some did. money, so he might have to go, yeah. But he's younger, right? He's still in his 20s? He's in his 20s, yeah. He's still in his like, – yeah, So it probably would now. take like a, Holo- a Holloway uh, – AP, Hardaway, and, and maybe a pick. And, 
Hardaway, yeah. I mean not Holloway. Yeah. Hardaway. He wants. He wants. He wants. What do you think? It's Seen Hall, Shaheem Holloway back yeah, in the day, something like that. <laughs> or I'm just drinking. yeah, and and and, and Luca wants well, and Luca wants KP gone anyway. So you think so? Oh yeah. So so there's possible. I just Portland would be crazy to do it. I mean, unless Dame unless Dame insists, and you're just like, hey, the guy's giving us nine years of his career. We just gotta, you know. Let him let him go his way. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Tommy makes an interesting, uh, you know, kind of an interesting question here. You, if you remember, Chris Paul was originally traded from New Orleans to the Lakers, and I think it was one of David Stern's last things that he did was that he denied that trade. And I still, it's a, it is very weird. I think it was because it was too lopsided. I feel like they said that would have been. That would have been a, uh, an interesting thing to see at the time because that was that was Kobe, and was that also um, was that Pau Gasol? Gasol? Yeah, I think so. That would have been fascinating. Yeah, and it got blocked. The fact that he blocked that—that that was weird. That was some weird shit. So Chris Paul has I, been through some funkiness in his career, and man. that and that's the only try I ever remember being blocked. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of such a thing. I, I mean, I'd have to really go back and look at the look at the particulars of that one. But damn, you block it like that's just bananas. So there might have been another player that was going to the Lakers that was like, dude, you guys are getting nothing in return and you're giving up. It's just un, it's just too unbalanced. But shit, that's a heck of a thing to like. I know to deny. And it is looking back. You look and you say, wow, what would that have been like? What what would have happened? Kobe would have had probably would have won another ring. And then maybe Chris Paul would have had his ring at that time. But it is it is fascinating. Everywhere Chris Paul goes, he goes to the Clippers, they're, they're winners. He goes to New Orleans, they're winners. He goes to Oklahoma City, they're winners. He goes to Houston, they're winners. Comes to Phoenix, they're winners. Like, dude, you got to give the guy his credit where, yeah. you know, where credit say is what you, say, say what you want, but he's got a method to his madness, that's yeah, for sure. It is something else. So there was a, 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 a rumor earlier in the week that I think is actually kind of legitimate, and I don't think it's some crazy um, – you know, bizarre, out of control rumor. I think it actually fits, and it might fit for both teams. And that was Demar Derozan going from the Spurs to the Lakers, and they would send back something. I think it was like Kuzma and God, Caldwell Pope or something like that. Yeah, and the other the other dude who was the power forward center, kind of from the Clippers last year, that came over to the Lakers. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Not Morris. Nah, uh, no, he's a Clipper. I don't know either. I can't remember. He's a power forward center, good defensive player, hustler, good athlete. But anyway, I'm like, you know what? I could kind of see that because then you can kind of – and he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't do load, load management. Not really a three-point shooter, which kind of hurts, but, you know, he's there. He's 20 points a game, five, six rebounds, nice complimentary player you could probably with that with him and lebron you could probably do like some kind of quasi load management with ad to keep him on his feet and not getting hurt it would be interesting to see it's not a blockbuster it's not a oh they got him it's over kind of trade like it's it's a no-brainer uh i don't know they still need a guard though dude like, well, he is a guard he's a shooting guard not a point guard they need a point guard well so that's the question, right? Do they resign Schroeder? Because Le and LeBron going to thirty-seven, I, like and you said before, he's running out of steam. I don't know. That's a lot of wear and tear. Him bringing the ball up all the time, and 
Yeah, they didn't want her. They don't want to resign Schroeder because he wants like a hundred million, and I think they were more interested in paying him like sometime, somewhere between seventy-five and eighty-five million. Yeah, I don't know that they have a choice. This might be one of those situations where they don't have a choice. And frankly, Schroeder ain't great, so it's like no, you don't have not. a choice. He a, and he had a bad year. He had an up and down year. There were times where he was fantastic, and other times, eek. I just think that he's maybe that's one that one of the guys that belonged on an extended list of they are who they are. Like he just kind of is that guy. He's not going to be a consistent. He's not an all star. He's not a you know score twenty a night consistently. He kind of gives it to you sometimes, and other nights he just disappears. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that was at least a, a you know when you look in the world of uh, hyperbolic conversations, I thought that was one con- one trade rumor that I was like, mm, I can kind of see that. I could see that happening. I could see it helping. And at the same time, I don't look at it and say, oh, it's over. Like, you know, if, if if somehow the Lakers were were able to bring in, um, you know, or da- if they got Damian Lillard or but without trading AD, or if they brought in what's a dude in in Miami, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they brought in Jimmy Butler. You're like, oh, it's over. You know, you bring in a Demar Derozan. You, I think they improve the team. I think it actually releases Kuzma and lets him be free and get the hell. I I think the best thing for Kuzma is to get the hell out of out of L.A. Because he's just the pressure there, he, the expectations and the pressure there are kind of unfair for him. But um, what's the Rosen now? Thirty-one. Yeah, he's something like that. He's still very viable player. He might be a little older than that. I'd have to look that one up. You got your little handheld computer machine over there, don't you? My computer machine. Yeah, Man, you sound old. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, hey, you got what, your little. Uh, if you're LeBron, though, you don't care. He's younger than you, and you're only looking for a guy to play for another two years on your team. You don't. You know, LeBron doesn't give a damn about the Lakers. LeBron cares about LeBron, and he wants to get one more ring because it brings him that much closer to Michael Jordan. And I just do think DeRozan makes them better. I just don't know that it, – it doesn't make it automatic, and I'm okay with that. I, you don't have to make only moves that make you an automatic champion. Right. It, I think it improves their team. Uh, would you rather have DeRozan or would you rather have Kuzma? I think you'd rather have DeRozan, even though Kuzma might yeah. be a better three-point shooter. DeRozan is a, is a more consistent – Night in, night out player. So that's what for me. I, you know, if you're, if you're, um, the Lakers, I think you'd want the more consistent guy. And if you're, if you're the Spurs, and you're Popovich, maybe you want to take in a guy who kind of, you know, needs a second chance, needs a fresh start, and under Popovich and with some other guidance over there, uh, Becky Hammond, which who's a fantastic coach, um, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you get a fresh start there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's I think it's a good trade for everyone. That that that's why I was like, okay, I'll listen to this one and I'll I'll, I'll talk about it because I think it works for everybody. He'll be 32 in August. Okay, see, so you were right. Good call on the 31 there. He's a young yeah, fellow. Yeah, just you just play it. You just in your head you think, all right, he's been this long. I forgot that he was in t- Toronto so long. He was in he was in Toronto for a while. And what has oh, he been wow, in? Yeah. Um, has he been in uh, San Antonio two years? for three? I think is it three I years think now? Three, I think three. Yeah, I think okay. this was three. So, I just think it's a good fit. I, I just I think it's a good fit. And uh, if they were to pull it off, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I just I'm just saying like that's one of those. I'll listen to that. I'll consider that because it makes sense. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, and we'll see how much more time Popovich has with the Spurs. So maybe for him it's a fresh start. Also, I don't I don't know. Um, don't forget you can always catch the replay of 
um, the podcast. If you like watching us, and <laughs> why wouldn't you? Um, you can catch that on BNR Clips on YouTube, and which you can see in the scroll below. Um, and usually, when we can, and if possible, and if it's working, we like to go on Facebook Live. If you go to my Facebook page for now, until I create one for the podcast, you just go to Pete Colisano, and you can watch the podcast happen live. And you can see Scotty squirming in his seat when I make points that he just doesn't know how to counter. Listen, I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm more worldly, and I'm wearing glasses, so obviously I'm smarter. And uh, it's going to happen to the young guy, but that's okay. It's all part of it, and we, and we appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, the Yankees. <sighs> the Yankees. <laughs> so you know when the NBA playoffs are going on and – they're still talking about a team that's in fourth place hovering around 500 in the New York Yankees. You know there's a problem. Because this is just not the time of year that you get a lot of like ESPN, FS1 talk about baseball. And it's usually only if you're doing really bad. If you're a superstar that's playing out of your balls or if you're a, a, a team that's supposed to be good that's not playing particularly well, those are your two scenarios. And uh, it's not because they're playing so good that they're – the talk is about the Yankees. What is going on? Ten games out of first place behind the Red Sox, who were considered maybe the worst team in the division coming into the season. Um, they're fourth place in the East. Aaron Judge at least did put one in the upper deck last night, which was fun to see. And I, I don't know if they've won two in a row. Did they Have they won two games in a row? They've won three games in a row. Three games in and, a row. Uh, and I, I am zero. I have less excitement for that now than I it's had. Incredible. In you, it's it's it's. They're gonna have to win like fifteen out of eighteen for me to get juiced up again. Make make a legit run at the. You know they got the Red Sox Ten next games. weekend. You, you got you got to sweep them. I mean you got to climb so far out of your own ass here. Uh, you know just to add to your to your little mini rant there. You know. I hate losing to the goddamn Mets. Uh, oh. You know these Mets fans come out of the woodwork when they beat the Yankees. I was at Game One on Sunday, so let me let me. All right, I'm a deep breath here. Um, <laughs> I can see the, uh, <laughs> I can see the tension building. Goodness gracious, that didn't take so long. So this is this is more of an MLB rant to start than a Yankee rant. So me and Chris sat there Friday night. We go in fourth, four thirty, have a couple of pops, go into the stadium, tarps on, it's drizzling, tarps on, sun's out. Like, all right, I guess something's in the radar. We sit there till 9.05, and then they finally cancel the game. So we sat there, paid for cocktails, sandwiches, the whole nine. You got reimbursed, right? We got reimbursed for the game, not the food, not the booze, and not for parking, and not for for Billy's. Yeah. (sighs) Tip a a guy in the garage, get us a little closer, you know, it's kind of that kind of thing. So we had money flying all over the place just to see no baseball. Sunday we go in game. So then, you know, 4th of July now, doubleheader, as you're having Italian ice and cocktails in the pool, I'm sitting in the Yankee Stadium getting aggravated as, as Garrett Cole, $30 million, $40 million man, gets walloped by this mediocre Met lineup. Break out the spider tack. Leave with a lead somehow. And then Chapman, the other loser dickhead, oh. blows another game, sweating like an absolute maniac with no grip on a ball. And – Alonzo hits one out to tie the game. And then they go out and win 10-5, game one. 
were on the bridge, I think, when it was 9-5 at that point because you knew they weren't coming back from that. Now, when you say you were on the bridge, does that mean you were driving home or you were thinking about jumping? We were driving home, oh. and I did not – and I did not unlock the door, but I, was, I hear what you're saying. I was a little worried that you were on the bridge, ready to jump, listening to the radio, the hoping that hoping that they might make some improvements. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad it's not a. I don't know. So have to what be bothers me is what, what bothers me is the bullshit they put us through Friday night for a double header on Fourth of July, and then the poor people that had tickets after. They, this one guy calls Michael K yesterday. Michael K. Show because he's on vacation because, you know, he needs one. He's Correct. got that tough job. It's hard work. Him and his family, born a girl, his wife, they're at the gate for game two. They're supposed to open the gates at 5 o'clock for a 7 o'clock game. The game didn't end until like 5-something. They got to clean it out. By the time they got in the stadium, his little girl's got to go to the bathroom. Oh. The, little boy, the little boy's wearing a Gio Rochella jersey, and Gio hits a home run, and they miss the home run. They get in the fourth inning, they leave in the seventh inning. Because there's seven inning games. That's another thing now. We got screwed on innings with this stupid uh, – the baseball's got so many issues, and we've talked about Full ticket they prices, have, though. Full, full, full oh, ticket prices. Oh, of price. course. And they don't give you a free dog or a beer. God no. forbid, right? They, no. No. They make you sit there for two hours and wonder. <laughs> so, baseball's got issues. The Yankees have issues. So, like I said, Cole slumping. What was Torres the point of the seven-inning thing? I don't get it. They did it last year to shorten up the games, I guess, with COVID and stuff like that. Like, but we're, we're, we're post-COVID like, now. What, 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 and we're playing a 162-game season. Yeah. Forget Let's get back to normal. And the guy on second base to start extra innings is another horse shit rule. So I have a question for you, sir. I don't Yankees. mind that rule. I know. I just, listen, no, I'm a I don't mind it at some point, but not the inning right after the regular game. If you want to start in the 12th, fine, but not the 10th. Okay, I understand that part of it. I, they should let it go at least two innings and then do it. That would be the tenth, eleventh. Yeah, I could see it being more like the twelfth. Right, something uh, yeah, like the 10th, that. 11th. Yeah, twelfth inning. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I get it. But I don't mind that. I don't. I don't mind the rule. The, the you're talking. We're talking logistics, which is fine. I get that. But okay. So, but go ahead. You had a question, Cap. Okay. I'm sorry about that. I have a question for you, sir. I, I only say that I like that because I tend to be a traditionalist and I don't like the rules changing very often. Unless there's a real problem, so normally I would say I don't like that too. But you know these games that go 16, 17, 18 innings. While it's cool to see that it happened, it ain't good for yes. the teams. It ain't good for the fans because no. there's nobody left there to see it. So you end up going right. to a game that you don't get to see the conclusion of, which sucks. So that's why I say I don't mind it. I don't mind. It. And nobody knows how to bunt anymore, so it's not like they're bunting the guy over to third. Like that's a whole nother issue. But right. go ahead. Sorry. Right. But. So, as you mentioned, there are 10 games or nine and a half games now behind the Sox in the East. They are five back in the wild card. That's not that bad. When do they start thinking about selling if it doesn't get any better? Oh, I, just, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them being sellers. I don't, I don't think they got much to sell. I don't either. know. That the, well, so, you know, who the, the funny thing is the, the one piece that they have to sell that they can get a shit ton for is actually Aaron Judge. Judge. Yeah, but, exactly. But you can't do that unless you just, no. you just want someone to put a bullet in the side of your head. Um, it's it's tough. I, I just don't see them being sellers. The problem is, I, I could see them being buyers, but what are you buying? Like, what are you buying for? Like, right. what are you buying? An outfielder? Are you looking to buy a center fielder because your boy has just not come around. You know, um, who's this? Oh, Jesus Christ, Gardner? Yeah, Gardner. 
Well, he's older than you, for Christ's sake. I mean, what's not my. Pro- I'm not playing for the Yankees. Well, neither should he. That's a problem. This is my point. That's yeah. a friggin' problem. Well, don't call him my boy. I hate the guy this year. Well, you hate him this year, but I'm saying coming into the season, I think you actually said they should just sign the guy. I mean, he's been here for his whole career. Just sign him. Well, you know, Pete, you know know what's sad about the whole damn thing? He's the only guy that's ever healthy in the the friggin' outfield. I understand it, but he stinks. It's over. No, that's... Well, this is what I'm so tall. We're talking about buying a player or or trading for a player. I can't even So that's what I'm saying. Like, you bring in... You you know, what are they going to do? You're going to bring in uh, uh, an outfielder? Who are you getting, and what are you giving yeah, who up you for? Him? Right, and You're then you get other... Mike Trout. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what the hell's available, but I guess you can if you if there was a center fielder or an outfielder that you could, could plug in in center field. I guess you would do something like that. Would you go <laughs> get another pitcher? Do they need another pitcher? I don't know that they need another well, pitcher. You need. A... They got two guys coming back in the rotation soon. They think, but but this is what I'm saying. Like you know, you, you know, typical sports talk radio, less on TV, <laughs> oh, but more on radio. The fans calling are like, we got to make a move. We got to make, what the frick are you going to do? Like, you got to just yeah. think a little bit, There's, man. I, I just don't understand. Like it takes you, like it takes a whole seven, eight, nine seconds to dial the goddamn phone to call WFAN or ESPN radio. Like in that time that you were dialing, didn't you think about what the hell you were saying? Like, or before you started <laughs> dialing, didn't you think like, you know, what are you trading for? What position do you need? What can you give well, up? Did you think about any of that before you dialed the phone? Like, I don't understand. Like, we do this podcast. We got all kinds of notes and shit here. Like, I didn't just log on at 4 o'clock and be like, eh, we'll see what we'll talk about. I don't know, man. I'll say something stupid. Well, that, like, that, that's, what, that's what makes this radio show well, so come great. On. Yeah. Hey, Vinny Bobots in the Bronx. Jesus. Hey, uh, I, mean, like, I think we should eat Otani and Trout for Ghana. Yeah, like, and uh, play every name later. Yeah, like, and some cash. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. No, dude. But I, this is I mean, what I'm saying. Like, I, I would. To... No, I don't expect them to be sellers ever because, frankly, if they're five games out of a wild card. You're right there. I mean, that's a good week. You know, you have one good week. You go, or if you reel off seven, eight, nine wins, you're right back in that. So, and they're it's, capable but, but of doing team, that. You, but you, but you, but you can't lose to the Blue Jays, Rays, and Sox. You got to start beating these teams if you want to get. If you want to, at make some point, you can't lose to any of them. Like at some point, you just have to start winning more games yeah, than yeah. you're losing. I know. Like at some point, like you're saying, you got to win fifteen out of twenty. You got to win. 25 out of 32 games like at some point you're gonna have to string some serious wins together the reality is they should um you know you just okay so i mentioned i mentioned this with my team that i was coaching this year you know one of the best things about our team is that our role players played their role and they all did a little something at times and our stars were stars when we needed them to be stars. They were hitters. They got big hits when we had bases loaded. They got big hits when it was second and third or first and second. It wasn't just a single. It was a double. So both those. The Yankees stars have to start playing like stars. Like Judge is good. He needs to step up a little more. Giancarlo needs to get on the goddamn field. Gary Sanchez needs to be the kind of player he's capable of being. Like, the stars on this, and frankly, Lemayhu has been a bit of a disappointment this year. Also, I th- I personally think so. He has been. He's starting to pick it up a little bit lately, but he has been the first, I guess, two and a half months. He's been. Yeah, I mean, he- definitely underperforming. And there was a point where, like, he was hitting two sixty five with like twenty RBIs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you, he was a he's a he's a recent MVP finalist. Did he win an MVP? No, he won a batting title. 
Okay, so you won a batting title and you were an MVP candidate in within the last couple years, yeah. and now you're batting two sixty with twenty. Like it can't happen. Like the guys that you're paying, no. eventually the guys that you're really paying, they have to play like like they're they have to play in a way that's commensurate with their playing. You're just not getting that with the Yankees right now. It's one thing to yeah. call them like a high budget team and they buy players, but then those players have to play like that. <coughs> um, you know, and Gio, Gio Rochelle has become one of my favorite players. He's, you know, he plays every day. He plays hurt. You know, he's making no money. He plays a great third base. Well, but you know what? You're the Yankees. You can't have five of those guys. You, right. Like you said, you need your big money makers to step up. When he's batting seventh to doing that, that's when those 98, 99 Yankees, when Broch just batted ninth, it was Correct. phenomenal. Correct. Yankee fan favorite. That's what Gio Rochelle should be. He shouldn't be what Glaber Torres was supposed to be. You, like, should, be come ex- on, you should be excited when you have a player like that. You shouldn't be counting on them. That, that exactly. That's the point. Exactly. Like you should be leaning on yep. Judge. You should be leaning on Stanton. You should be leaning on Sanchez. You should be leaning on Gleyber Torres, who's also been a major disappointment. You should be leaning on oh, LeMahieu. Now, those – Judge hasn't been – I don't think Judge has been a disappointment this year, and he's been relatively healthy. But, no, he has not. So, But no, outside no, no, of him, your big players, your names, your big – you know, the guys that whose jerseys get purchased by fans, they just haven't – they haven't performed. They haven't performed uh, even close to what's necessary, and, and and then the reality is like uh, Gardner has to be replaced. Like I I don't know at one point do, do they just not have anybody in the minors that you can come up and give a shot to because Pete, he can't do any worse in the bat in the batter's box. Pete, you know what's sad? They, they've been trying to replace him. I think for since since Hicks, Hicks went out, Frazier's been brutal. Andahar is up and down. Now he has a hand thing going on. They brought they traded some guy for Double A from the Astros or Diamondbacks, and he's played right away. And actually, the other he had two doubles, and he's yeah. fast. So something has playing. to be so if, done there. That I mean, if just... Judge doesn't play the outfield, then your outfield is like Mandahar, this new guy in Garner, and like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, a Yankee outfield is batting seventh, eighth, and ninth. Like this is insane. Like it's yeah, just, no good. It, it, at some point, they're going to have to bring stand into the clubhouse and go, listen, dude. If you're going to break down at some point, you're going to do it in left field at some because we can't we can't have Judge out there every day. We need a guy. We, Gary was hot, and, he, and when Cole pitches, he sits. He can't play dating game after night game. He's going to stay in the lineup. Dude, you're going to have to get your sensitive ass out to left field and, and shack. Is he in ball. the lineup right now? Like, dude, he's in the lineup as a DHS. Stanton is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because I haven't been watching. Like, like enough is enough. Like, dude, and Boone at some point, you feel like the, the, the fire's up his ass. The seat's getting so hot. Dude, start pulling some other triggers. See if something works. Like he did come out. He did come so out last stale, week and make, and make some pretty strong statements. But you know that's all yeah, well and good. Five out of seven. Like, what, yeah, <laughs> that's great. all well like, and good. But it's you got to actually. But I I have to laugh when I hear the people talking about oh do you fire the coach? Why? We talked about this in the beginning of the season. Why would you fire the coach? Coach doesn't even make decisions anymore. All decisions are based off of analytics. So why would you fire the coach? What the hell difference does it make? Why? Because he's not lighting yep. a fire under their ass. Give me a break. What does that have to do with anything anymore? Like it's all about numbers, listen, right? Listen, you're you're playing for the Yankees. If you don't have a fire up your ass going out there every night, and then something, then you shouldn't be playing baseball. You should like that. That's the ultimate situation. Yeah. Like like you need a fire up your ass to get motivated. Well, this, Come on, this is what I'm saying. And baseball that's really. Insane. Let's be honest. Baseball really doesn't lend itself to that kind of coaching no it's not it's 162 games you're not gonna get juiced for every game like come on it's just so uh switching gears a little bit here we had uh the second is this the second iteration of the match we had uh was it the second one i i believe it's the fourth is it really 
I got reminded the other day from my brother. Are we so counting the Phil versus Tiger one as so so he was. It's the Phil okay. versus Tiger was one. And then it was and then it was Phil and Tom versus Peyton and Tiger. Okay. And then it was Phil and Charles Barkley versus oh, Steph Curry. I forgot and that Peyton one. Manning. Or still no, it was this Peyton Manning? It was Steph and who? I don't remember. Was it Steph and Peyton Manning? I don't remember. But I I remember that that was another one that I forgot about. So I get that. Yeah. So this yeah. one this one we had Phil and Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady against our boy DeShambo and um and Aaron Rodgers. Your Rogers. boy Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and I grow to hate Aaron Rodgers more and more on a daily basis, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but it looks like DeShambo and and Rodgers defeated them in uh, what was an absolutely stunningly beautiful course. Oh, Dude, my, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you a quick story of what it reminded me of when I first saw the course. When I first took my son, like uh, a year and a half ago, I took my son to see a Yankee game. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was two years ago. I, I was two, it had to be two years ago. Last year was COVID. And we walked up the steps into the first level, and he looks out at the field, and there's nobody playing. It's like 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes before the game starts, so nobody's on the field. And his yeah. jaw just drops. And this is why it reminded me of that. He just goes, do they actually let them play on that field? Like, it was just so pretty and perfect that he just figured they don't yeah. allow you to actually go on the field. I'm like, yeah, that's where they're going to play the game. And that's what I thought of when I first saw this course. I'm like, oh, my God. They do, for this match thing that they do, they find some glorious co courses, man, that are just, like, so picturesque and perfect. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, so Phil and uh, I mean uh, Rogers and Bryson won three and two. For the guys who don't know what that means, they were up three holes with two to play. So it was everyone tees off the box, and then it's your best ball out. For every alternate best ball from there, from those who play in scrambles and, and golf outings and stuff to make the thing go a little faster. Because they were playing slow as it is. I was wondering if they were even going to get it done by West Coast time with sunlight. I was right. like, this is like ridiculous. I mean, these champions which is, is like stupid the because player. you're not. There's no one in front of you. There's no reason to be slow. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a golf cart. You're come not on. even walking the damn yeah, course. Come on. And, and Phil, Phil is so technical on stuff. It was like, dude, like he's going up to Tom going, all right, listen. Are you want to go three feet here high? No, come over this way. Look at the angle. Trust me. And like, guys, he just wants to hit a pot and get out of there. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was cool. I watched most of it until like later on when I think, uh, you know, the basketball came on and the Yankees were coming on. But it was it's only so many things you can watch was, at a time, right? Uh, yeah. And it was fun. But I think I think they need and I'm a big Brady guy, but I think do they need Tiger? Or do, I think maybe next they got to get Brooks in it. If they're going to do the Shambo, I you would love kind of, to see a Brook kept good the Shambo, you know, foursome. And yeah, I think Tom Brady's was, time has has run out too because yes, you yes. know he he put a meme. I I just I have to tell you, I absolutely love the new Tom Brady. I love the old Tom Brady who just put his head down, went to work, won six championships, didn't say much, kept his mouth shut, just grinded. I love that guy. But I also love the new Tom Brady who is funny <laughs> as shit and has no reservations about saying stuff about people right to their face. I just because he made some comments with um with Aaron Rodgers that I'll get to in a minute. But he even he put a meme out there on Instagram saying that like this it was like Phil this is me, this is Phil, this is Phil's face thinking that he has to play <laughs> another round with me and another yeah. match with me. Yeah. Like he says I think yeah. I think that might be like you know, Phil might be getting tired of playing with him, but 
There was some, and and as far as the play goes, I have to say, boy, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's an okay golfer, but he was a his putting was on point. Like, damn, it was unbelievable. My man was yeah. putting the shit out of the ball. Like, wow, okay, I'm I'm impressed with that. Um, but yeah, there were some things said before the match that interested me, and there was some things said during the match which interested me. And uh, one of the things that Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it was, it was, um, he was interviewed and he, his comment was that not everyone, not, it's, it's not always the case that the loudest voice in the room is the smartest voice in the room. And I was like, so where did that come from? What do you mean? And this is what I mean when I say I'm getting really sick and tired of the, of the (laughs) passive aggressive, the incredibly passive aggressive Aaron Rodgers, because we're all left to decide, well, who does he, who is he saying is the loudest in the room? Because if I remember correctly, it wasn't the green Bay Packers that said anything on draft night. It was Aaron Rodgers who I'm sure had what's his face say, you know, you can release that tonight. Cause F you know, screw, screw the Packers. Right. It was you that started this, dude, not the Packers. So who's the loudest one that's not always the smartest one or doesn't have all the facts? And then he starts going into this like, I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my mental health. I just want to feel good. And I just go back to the idea of has anyone actually heard Aaron Rodgers say he's not playing in September or he's not coming to camp. Has anyone actually heard Aaron Rodgers say he wants to be traded? Has anyone actually say heard Aaron Rodgers say that he wants either Gunkunst or Murphy fired, who are the GM and the and the president of the team? And this is what I mean about I'm getting sick and tired. You know, I, I'm not on Deshaun Watson's side, but I get what he wants, and I can respect him for being the one that said it. Like, he came out and said directly, I'm not playing here anymore before all his massage problems came up. I'm not playing here anymore. I want to be traded, and here's why. Aaron Rodgers has never actually said that. What Aaron Rodgers does is he leaves these little droppings around, these little hints. (laughs) And when you say something like the loudest voice in the room isn't always the smartest or has the most information, what do you mean by that? And, of course, that got discussed for two days all over the place. And the reality is none of you know what he's talking about. What he literally just said was nothing because you don't know who he's talking about. You don't know who the loudest voice is. What did they even say that was wrong, whoever these loudest voices are? And I'm just – I'm not tired of talking about him. I'm tired of the – like, it's immature, it's immature. You're a $39 million franchise quarterback, and you can't even just come out and say out loud directly what's bothering you, what you want, and what you'd like to see moving forward. Grow up. Like, grow up and say what it is that's bothering you, you know, or say what it is that, like you said. In fact, yeah, it's, it's to, weird to take it another step, you know, to do some, like, marketing for this match, they did this, like, Jeopardy thing between the four players. And one of the things that Tom Brady did, this is what I mean, like he's like, I don't give a fuck mood anymore, was his question was, what NFL player hates his boss and isn't sure if he's going to play next season? And my answer is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers actually goes, "Uh, I think you're projecting. I never actually said that. And that's what I'm talking about. 
Oh my so like, God. so when you say when you get described as something, and then you say, "I never said that." Do you see what I'm saying? That's passive aggressive because you've kind of, at least what we're thinking is, you've let it out there and let it be known that you're unhappy, but you yourself won't say it, and that's just childish to me. That's just childish to me. It's like grow up. Either you know, we didn't necessarily love what Russell Wilson said, but he's the one who said it. He's the one that was on Dan Patrick and said, I would like to have a little say. I would like a little more protection. I would like some more weapons. Like, at least he's the one who said it. He was man enough to say it and then was man enough to say, well, that's not really what I was saying. I just, you know, I never wanted to be true. He is actually speaking for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this whole yeah. thing, since, th since that statement that was put out on the draft that Aaron Rodgers himself did not make, that we're aware, we did not hear him say that. He has yeah. never once clarified anything to anybody. Nope. He hasn't stood by anything. And that's what I mean by this passive aggressive, uh, passive aggressive pussy shit. Like, dude, either say it and let it be known, or shut up and go play for thirty nine million dollars. Like, that's what I'm getting a little tired of. And it was funny during the match, too, where, like, Barkley was interviewing me. They all had earpieces in their ears, and Barkley's like, well, yeah, like, you know, if you're going to play football next year in Green Bay, and Rodgers like, well, you know what, Chuck, you know, maybe I'll break the news to you when I decide what I'm going to do. And it's like – and then Gronk calls Brady up on the phone, and Gronk's like, man, this guy looks worse in retirement than I did. Like, so he thinks he's retired. <laughs> like, it's – and then Brady's – they're like, what are you laughing at? Brady's like, oh, we got Gronk on the phone on my ear or whatever, and he's making fun of you and how your hair looks and you're retired. And Roger's like, well, you know, I'm not necessarily tired. Like, it's just like, you're right. It's That's just, what I'm talking it's about. It's a bunch of crap. At it's one point, he crap. was being interviewed by, I guess, the broadcast team. And they're like, you know, will you be around on September? Yeah, 12th. 12th yeah, yeah, or something. He's is, like, yeah. what's September 12th? He's like, um, okay, well, that's the first game of the season. He's like, huh, well, we'll see. And it's like, yeah. dude, you're a child. Like, you're a child. And the funny thing is, you get... You get TV personalities and radio personalities saying all he wants is the same thing that Tom Brady gets. First of all, Tom Brady didn't get that treatment for 20 years and won six titles. So you go 20 years without having any say in personnel decisions and win six titles, and then you get to have what Tom Brady has. Oh, by the way, I've mentioned this at least a dozen goddamn times. Tom Brady is going to cost $9 million against the cap for Tampa Bay this year. Aaron Rodgers is going to cost five times that. Okay, he's going to cost $39 million or four times that. $39 million against the cap. So if you want to cough up $30 million and go win six championships before you go somewhere and start making noise, then go ahead. Okay, But you're not Tom Brady. Neither is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson hasn't won an NFC, hasn't even been to the NFC championship since, since, he won, since they lost the Super Bowl, since he's off his rookie contract. So, like, you want to give up the things that Tom Brady has given up over his career and win six, then seven championships, once a seventh championship once you leave, then, then God bless you. But you don't get to be him until you do what he's done. You don't get to have what Tom Brady has at 43 years old, by the way, or 44 once the season starts. Like, you're not him. Russell Wilson, you're 32 years old, and you make 30, you're going to make $37 million this year. Aaron Rodgers is the most expensive quarterback in the league. You're not doing what Tom Brady's doing. When you sacrifice what he has sacrificed, then you get to ask for what he's able to ask for. All right? So it's just yep. – and yep. I'll talk about it every week. I, I don't give a shit because I do like it because I think it needs to be said. I said this to you 
maybe right from the first podcast. I'm not pro-player or anti-player. I'm not pro-union or anti-union. I'm not pro... Pro-fan. I'm not pro-team organization or anti-organization. I am pro-fan. I want what's best for the fan. And and there's two groups that are suffering right now with Aaron Rodgers being a douchebag. Number one are Green Bay Packers fans. The people who pay your salary. Your team does not pay your salary. Fans pay your salary. Revenue pays your salary. Okay. And number two, the other, I don't know how many guys are probably in camp. I don't know if it's like 85 guys that end up getting invited to camp. I think somewhere around that number, 80, 85 guys end up coming to camp. Those guys who di- whose dicks are twisted in the wind oh. because they have no idea who their quarterback is right now. Devontae Adams, no matter what he says, he wants Aaron Rodgers to be there. And if he's not, he knows his season is significantly different. Then God forbid he ends up getting hurt and then can't sign with another team the following year because he's got a torn ACL and yep. he's going to be sitting out. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers was a little butthurt, didn't get everything that he wanted. You know what I'm saying? You got a running back yeah. who just signed a team friendly, a relatively team friendly contract. Does he does he not deserve anything? Or is it only Aaron Rodgers who deserves something? The guy who won yeah, a championship Adam, like ten years ago. And Adam tears his ACL playing for Jordan Love while you're sitting out having cocktails and yeah, yeah, and, and complaining and complaining. Yeah, yep. Did they not respect you by giving you the kind of contract that you have, which is either the most or second most expensive in the league? Like at some point there had, and I'm glad I'm glad Green Bay is holding their ground. And even if they lose, they still could just say it's his fault that we're losing. He had a contract. We're paying him really good money. They didn't lowball Aaron Rodgers. They gave Aaron Rodgers a lot of money. He's, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league, or one of the three highest paid quarterbacks in the league. They didn't lowball him. It's his fault. When we stink, it's yep. his fault. Okay. And I think that's a good place for them to be. I think the fans absolutely agree with that. Yeah, this is a championship roster. Yeah, this is a championship roster with a championship coach. Enough's enough. But I'll talk about this again next week if I have to. Because if he says something, it needs to be addressed. Because it's just, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. And I stand by the fact that he has actually never said any of those things. He himself has never been clear on where he stands and what he wants. And that's a problem to me. That's a problem. You're not a grown-up. You're not a grown-up. So, uh, why don't we hit the AFC West and wrap this puppy up today? Our last division. It's a, it's a sad day, my friends. It is, day. but it's not because there'll be other things for us to talk about moving forward. Yeah, in three and, weeks, training camp starts. So, yeah. we're back on the horse then. So, we'll talk about the Chargers first. Looks like they signed Corey Lindsley, which was a nice pickup for them, who's their center that they got from the aforementioned Green Bay Packers, which I'm sure Aaron Rodgers wasn't thrilled about. But they made him the most, the highest paid center in the league, which with Aaron Rodgers making $39 million, they couldn't do. Uh, they also got tight end Jared Cook, which was a nice signing, and offensive tackle Matt Feeler. Uh, they did lose Hunter Henry, but they picked up Jared Cook, so I don't think that's – I actually think it might be an upgrade, frankly, because Hunter Henry was hurt all the friggin' time. I agree. And one one move – this is one of those guys that people aren't going to think about too much, but I think it hurt more than we realized. They lost safety Rayshon Je- Jenkins. Uh, n- not like household name, but it's just t- like one of those players are like, you, you don't think much about it, but when he's gone, you're like, oh, jeez. 
the guy had a bigger impact on our defense than we thought. Yeah. And, th- yeah. and that's that's a that's a potential. Do you do you have any others that were specific? Just yeah. So I was, you know, it's just it's like a big question mark for them for the last couple of years. Where their defense finally stay healthy, they lose, they lose uh, Derwin James Derwin back James. in back year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's so good. They they lost both the first stretch. They lost uh, one of the linebackers. I, I forgot he was really good. Uh, I forgot his name at the moment. He, Derwin James first stretch. Derwin Derwin James has been out so much. You almost have to wonder is he still really a good player? I mean, the guy hasn't played in like two. Years. This is the same question we have. Um, I know. Oh God, I'm drawing a blank on a, on a linebacker for the Jets, but he got hurt two years ago. Mosley, CJ Mosley, phenomenal player. I mean, phenomenal player for Baltimore. But he got hurt and missed the whole season, then sat out for COVID last year. I mean, he hasn't played football basically in two years, and you got you have to wonder. And that's kind of where Derwin James is. It's like we know he's an outstanding talent, but you know the guy hasn't basically played football in two years. It's a concern. It is a concern. I gotta get this guy, this Charger linebacker, drive me nuts. One that they traded for, or that they drafted? No, no, one guy that's always hurt. Okay, well, uh, while you're looking for that, I'll let you know that they they did in their draft. Now they didn't draft this guy, but they traded draft picks for him, which I uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here. They drafted. I was getting on to KC. I don't know why I dropped down to that. They drafted <laughs> Rayshon Slater out of uh, Northwestern offensive tackle. Love the pick. Um, and then they they got a corner who who dropped to them in the second round, which I think is kind of a steal on Asante Samuel. Absolutely love both of those. Now, obviously, they had other picks in there, but I think um, – and if you look at what they're doing, two signings, a tight end, and Rayshon Slater as a draft pick, they are doing what the New York Jets and, frankly – uh, the Cincinnati Bengals did not do for their young quarterbacks, which is they see the talent that they have, and they are going to protect that quarterback at all co- at all costs. And it does come at quite a cost, but it's the right thing to do. Um, you do wonder how long it's going to take. These things take time. People just think – offensive line is very much like a choreographed dance. You have to know what the guy next to you is doing. You have to have kind of a feel for him. It's not like you're a running back and you're doing a solo gig or a wide receiver who's doing a solo gig. You do have to really work with your guys. So I am a little concerned early season what could happen with their offensive line, how well they're performed, but it is a it they have improved that offensive line dramatically, dramatically. Yeah, the only other thing I got too is like will it be a sophomore slump for Herbert? He was so good out of the gates last year. He wasn't even supposed to start until uh what's his name? Uh what the hell the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Look at that. me calling out names oh. for you. There you go! Wow, the clock is hitting good today. Yeah, the uh, the puncture the, uh, the 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 doctor punctured lung thing. Incredible! And they tell him about they Talk tell about eight minutes before luck. the first game. Oh my god! Yeah, so he didn't even get reps that week, and they're just five minutes before the game. They're like, "Uh, you're starting." He's like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's do it." Yeah, and played yeah, his so ass off too. And I, was that against the Chiefs? Was that game against the Chiefs? Because I feel like he played his ass off no, and almost no. beat the Chiefs. No, Chiefs opened up on Thursday night because of the Super Bowl. It wasn't the first game uh, of the season, was, though, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, I thought it was the second game of the season. I think it was the Raiders. Mm, I don't remember now. Um, their schedule, uh, well, this, you know, people think they see what they saw last year. like, oh, the guy's amazing. It was a great pick. Uh, go look at the Rose Bowl his, in his senior year. Dude, he threw for like 93 yards. 
He ran a ball amazingly, but he did not have a great. Yep. So the potential is there for him to have a song. I don't know if it's going to happen because he's just he is what an NFL quarterback has looked like throughout history, and he just looks fantastic. So I I don't think there will be, but it will be interesting to see. They open at Washington, then they have Dallas at Kansas City, then home against the Raiders, home against Cleveland. That's not the easiest opening. Uh, my guess is they'll be favored in two of those games. I think they'll be no. favored. You don't think so? No. I think they'll be favored at home against Dallas. I think they'll be favored at home against the Raiders. And home against the Browns, I think, too. I don't, mm, I don't know about that, man. Cleveland is supposed to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Oh, listen, I'm not saying laying a touchdown, but two, two and a half, something like That'll that. That'll be interesting to see. That'll be an interesting one to see. Um, and they're over and under for a win total is nine. So Vegas has them, you know, right around the Mendoza line for wins this year. So they're not terribly impressed so far with draft picks, but we'll see. Kansas City Chiefs, they signed. Uh, so this is another interesting team. They lost. I'll say what they lost first because then it's they went and filled these these gaps pretty darn well. Yep. They lost Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz to injury. Throughout the season, Eric Fisher, I think, actually during the playoffs, or one of them was during the playoffs. and uh, But then they go out and sign Joe Thune uh, from the New England. They sign Kyle Long, who had kind of semi-retired. And Mike Renner's another offensive tackle they signed. And then on draft night, they pulled off a big trade, sent their first-round pick to Baltimore for Orlando Brown, who was unhappy in Baltimore. Who He's an excellent um He's an excellent offensive lineman. And then they went and signed a guy who's a lot of people are, are really talking about could be the potential for a defensive uh, you know defensive rookie of the year. Nick Bolton um, expecting they expect him to make an immediate impact, which I think that's a big ass for a team that had a bad defense. Like, you know, did not ha- yeah. had a pretty bad defense. Not a terrible defense, but a bad defense. Asking a rookie to come in and make an instant impact like that. I think that's a big ask, but well, they, you know, their offensive line, they also got the guy back from the, the doctor that went to deal with the COVID last year. Oh, who's that? You have a doctor on their staff. I don't know, he's got like three names, but he took the year off to be in the emergency room, and he's coming oh, back this year. Okay. Starter, right. so, yeah. Nice. There you go. Their schedule is they open with Cleveland. This is a heck of a schedule. They open with Cleveland, and they're at Baltimore, home against the Chargers, at the Eagles, and a home against the Bills. That's a that's a that's a and then and then I got two more for you at the Washington football team and then at the Titans. Okay, Titans, man, I I I heard some people talking about the Titans earlier this week. I'm really fascinated to see how they are. I'm really fat. I got anyone. I got. I've heard anything from like seven wins to like eleven wins for them, and that's that's quite a window. Of possibility, I, I I told you that's one of those teams where I'm really interested to see that those first five games are really I think going to tell us a lot about who they are, the Titans. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. I, is it a is it a big game or I, I'm I'm not sure. We shall see. Um, over and under for yeah. go ahead. Yeah, just to add for for the Chiefs, Mahomes healthy after minor knee surgery, got a little banged up in the playoffs. Tough conference like we just mentioned, and we're going through it here. And will they have a Super Bowl hangover? The teams that lose the Super Bowl necessarily always struggle a little bit. The teams that lose the Super Bowl. It is interesting, right? Um, I yeah. do not I, – I will. I thought about that very thing, and then I immediately said no. There will be no no hangover, and here's why. 
This is the last year of Mahomes being on his rookie contract. And so after this year, that contract goes to like, you know, 35, 36, 37 million. Yeah, and it, 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 only, it only escalates from there. So, and you've already heard guys like Tyreek Hill say, I ain't taking a pay cut. Like, he ain't taking a pay cut. I ain't taking a pay cut. You know, I, make, I make a third of what he makes. I ain't taking a pay cut. And I don't blame him. Yeah, and Kelsey, and Kelsey's not going to – you know, he's a guy that doesn't look like he's going to leave money on the table yeah. either. So, so um, this is this is like the last year that they have him on his rookie contract. And um, and, and we'll see. They, to me, they're – because of Mahomes, because of those weapons, I still think they're like, you know, top one, two, three teams in the league – and it would have been interesting to see how they would have done last year if they didn't have some of those injuries. So their over and yeah. under total is 12. Uh, next, we have the Raiders. They did sign. They have just a strange, strange offseason. Very difficult to judge. I feel like it always is for them. It's just very strange. <laughs> when you – I go I go to a site and I'm looking at, like, all the changes that they made in the offseason, who they brought in and who they lost, the list is longer than any other team in the entire goddamn league. It's not even close. Like, just visually, you're looking at it. It's like, Jesus. Like, they lost 10 guys and brought in eight. Like, it's just bananas. But um, So they signed John Brown, wide receiver. They signed Kenyon Drake. And um, Nagoku they signed. Uh, I think that was a trade that they made for Nagoku, right? Yeah, yep. And they were, they were hurting for a pass rush, and he should help with that. They did lose Trent Brown. They did lose Gabe Jackson. They, I mean, they really – I think they cut another lineman, and I'm like – They lost Aguilar, too, I think, Aguilar, right? I could care less, but I never thought much of him. I thought it was – He was per- okay there, though. He was okay he had 50 with, catches. With 50 catches. Oh, he had eight, I think he had eight touchdowns. I think he had eight touchdowns. But he had 50, 52 catches. What I'm like, what are we talking about here? You know, He actually signed for more money in New England – than Corey Davis did with the Jets, and because it's the Jets, Corey Davis they pay the 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 look the way it's viewed is that they paid too much for him, but it was great that the New England like it's all it's all perception, <laughs> right? Like Belichick's a genius for bringing in Aguilar. It's like whatever. Yep. Um, they, yeah, you're over it. Yeah, I I'm I would not want Aguilar. I watched him for years down here with the Eagles, and you can have him. Good luck with that. Um, they did draft a little bit of a head scratcher, only on the timing, only on the timing. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. a little bit more was made of this than needed to be made. But they they drafted Alex Leatherwood. You know, a number of people who I'll say know what they're talking about had him as a first-round draft pick, maybe just not at 17 where the Raiders were picking, but the Raiders were picking at 17. And then you can't guarantee if you if you fall back, if you trade back to like 25 that the guy's going to be there. And maybe they really, really like him. So I, I just I don't make as big a deal as some other people do. The more I think about it, like if that's a guy you targeted and you're happy with him, and frankly, if he turns out to be a good player, which no one's saying he's not going to be a good player, no one's saying he's not going to be a starter, or no one's saying he's not going to be a a, a a real you know one of your best linemen. I'm okay with that one. Um, then they they drafted three saves, three safeties. Like no other lineman, three safeties, no help at wide one, out. And they drafted one two years ago. <sighs> yeah, yeah just... so I got the same thing. I got, I got like they have a bunch of draft busts and they continue to make these stupid decisions. They got a really good offense, but they lo- they lose three linemen. They're, they have a below average defense. Yeah, we'll and see how good their offense is. And then is this as good as Carr's ever going to get? Like, is there is is this it? Listen, I think Carr. I think uh, uh, Derek. Derek, right? 
Derek. Yeah, I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I'm sorry. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I'd rather have him than Dak Prescott. That's just me, right? Um, you could debate that, but I, that's just me. But he's not a top five quarterback, which means he has needs. There are needs. And one of the needs is he needs to be protected a little more than I believe he's going to be protected this year. Now, listen, well, maybe they had well, some linemen on their roster that they're excited about, that they felt comfortable letting go of some talented guys. And and time will and time will tell. I just, I, Derek Carr is not a perfect quarterback. He's not elite. He needs things around him, and I think the things that he needs around him, you just took away from, which I think is, could be a massive mistake. It just could be a massive. Well, I mistake. say I, I say good offense because I think they have a top five runner in Josh Jacobs. I think they have a top five tight end in Dollar Waller. Oh yeah, and and their receivers are good enough. You know they're yeah. pretty. You know they drafted two guys. All uh, that shit doesn't matter year. if your offensive line sucks though. Yeah, that's what's a question. If your quarterback is is con- constantly Run skittish, yeah, it's just you know, you, it doesn't matter. So I agree what's with your, you, skill schedule? position wise, and I mean quarterback run all the way around, like you're saying, skill position wise, yeah. they're 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 solid on offense. Yeah, they're top. And you know, if they made those moves that and and because they made them that solidified their defense, which was, was awful last year, then I'd be like, okay, you, you know, you got to make, you got, sometimes you got to steal from Peter to pay Paul. Like I get that. I didn't see them do that either. I didn't see them make great moves to shore up their defense. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, their schedule this year, it's uh, Baltimore at home, then at Pittsburgh, Miami, who is another team. I just – I'll say something about them in a minute. At the Chargers, and then home against Chicago. and We'll see who Chicago's quarterback is by game five, which should be interesting. Um, did you want to add to that schedule at all? Did you notice anything else that you wanted to point out? Nah, they they got at Denver next, and then Philly at home, and then a bye week. So it's it's interesting to start out with for sure. The first two that's tough. Or the first four, the first four maybe. You're t- and like so, you said, depending. Well, we're gonna on- we're gonna find out about that offensive line really friggin' quick because yeah, those are yeah. four of the best defenses in the league. In, uh, you know, we mentioned the Chargers. If they're healthy, that defense yep. is very good. Uh, Bosa, is it Bosa? Yeah, is Joey. It Bo- Joey Bosa's on that team who should be healthy this year. Like, that's a heck of a – and, frankly, Chicago has a really good defense too. So we're going to find out real quick how they retooled that offensive line. Yep. And uh, I got a bad feeling. And they're over and under <laughs> – <laughs> they're over and under is seven and a half. And then finally, we have your Denver Broncos. Would you like to take the lead on this one? I would love to. Sir. I don't want to steal so, your thunder or nah, lightning, so whatever listen, you got going on over there. So both. <laughs> so Pro Football Focus has ranked the Broncos tenth overall in team talent Correct. last week. That just came out. I saw that. So, so the Drew Lock and I am a believer. I would say ninety percent of the time in Pro Football Focus because I know, I know they put real work into that. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, again, we've mentioned this a hundred times. You're not a big fan of Locke. I'm, I'm nervous about him. I see the potential that he has, but you know the Aaron Rodgers thing is still out there because, like you mentioned, there's no definitive answer what he's doing or what's going on. Uh, they signed a bunch of defensive backs. They re-signed Kareem Jackson. They signed Darby from the Washington Football Team. They signed Kyle Fuller from the Bears, and they drafted Sertan. So Patrick Sertan was a nice pick. 
they're and ready to you're leaving out the fact that they drafted Javante Williams out of North Carolina, which I love. That duo that was there. Well, he's, he's, not, he's not a defensive back. I was getting to it, Coach. Right, Jesus. My bad, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> not so, it's sorry. all good. Good, good dropping. Yeah, I like him a lot. Him and Melvin Gordon should be pretty good in the backfield. Dude, they got great weapons around lock, too. The wide receivers and tight end are tremendous. Their offensive line, second year, fully assembled. It's Locke's got a lot of pressure, and their defense is going to be very, very good. It's going to be with a, with a defensive mind, the coach. Uh, it's just the lock, the quarterback thing makes me nervous. He's not your quarterback. That's why. Teddy Bridgewater's your quarterback. Oh, righty then. <laughs> That's just a fact. Teddy Bridgewater is your quarterback this year. You better hope well, so. I don't I don't, I don't want him either. <laughs> well, tell him to give me a call. I think I still got a little uh, lead in my pencil. <laughs> um, they're over and under. Well, so their schedule this year. You, by the way, you did get that. What's his name? Quinn Miners. Is that his name? Yeah. The, yeah. Merritt. 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 Yeah. 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 I don't know how to spell his name. Say his love, name. I love that guy. Yeah. I like him. Oh, by the way, he's actually a pretty goddamn good player. He really impressed a lot of people at the Senior Bowl. So, oh yeah, I, I try. I I kid around and say he's the guy who had his shirt up. He's the lineman who had his shirt lifted up during the Senior Bowl, and that's kind of what got him some attention. But he actually was doing a really Moving good job people around. playing playing yeah. some real ball yeah. against big time players. Uh, their schedule at Giants at Jacksonville. Now it's not always easy to start first two games of the season on the road. On, on the East Coast, too. Both on East Coast. My guess is they'll stay East instead of coming home and then going back out. But you never know. It's early in the season. You don't have, like, that kind of fatigue yet. Yeah. Uh, home against the Jets. Home against Baltimore. At Steelers. Um, it's not the most difficult. It's not the easiest. But it's definitely not the most difficult schedule to start the season. And uh, we'll see what Teddy Bridgewater has. <laughs> because because he's going to be your starting quarterback right. this year. And interestingly enough, their over and under total for wins this season is seven and a half, just like the Raiders. Yeah. Which means nobody believes in Drew Locke and they're unsure about Teddy Bridgewater. I actually think Teddy Bridgewater could do okay. Teddy Bridgewater did not have a – Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0 and for the Saints. Now, I'm not saying – Denver has a roster like the Saints, but it's a pretty good roster. Okay, you have weapons, you have a decent offensive line, you have nice running backs, you have weapons. Um, he didn't do bad for uh, for uh, Carolina last year. And let's also note, I just want to say this because I've been, we both have tooted the horn of Joe Brady. Let's remember that he was a first year offensive coordinator at thirty year, thirty one years old last year. So and his best player got hurt early. Yes, so everything was out the window. So like, let's not forget what Teddy Bridgewater did do while he was with New Orleans um, and with Minnesota. The guy could put up numbers yeah. if you give him an opportunity. Yeah. I think there was a learning curve for Joe Brady, and I think there was you know you're missing weapons. So I think it's interesting to see what Denver can do. Um, we shall see. I have at the number four spot this year. The Denver Broncos. I have the Las Vegas Raiders, and I'm going under the seven and a half. I think I think it's going to be a really rough season. And um, as I look at that schedule, I would not be stunned in the least if they started zero and five. So I I'm not saying they will, 
I just I wouldn't be stunned if they started off the season 0 and 5. And with that being said, I have the Raiders winning six games and going six and eleven. Wow, you're not a believer. I'm not a believer. I, I got a bad feeling. I, I think that offensive line is shit. And I think I don't know what I don't know. I hope I'm wrong because I actually like Derek Carr and I want him to do well because I think he's better than most people realize he is. Uh, but maybe this is a way for him to get the hell out of there and get somewhere else. Uh, I think they're bad. I think it's a bad offensive line. I think they're going to struggle. I agree with you, Coach. I also had the Vegas Raiders in last place at eight and nine. Well, you give them more wins than I do. And set in third place, I do have the Denver Broncos, and it's just because I just know that I don't know that you know you're going to be playing the Chargers twice. You're going to play Kansas City twice. And, you know, the reality is the Raiders, uh, they have a knack for beating teams and winning games that they shouldn't. The interesting thing about the Raiders last year is that they could beat anybody in the league, which they did. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But they could also lose to anybody in the league, and I don't think that's any different. I think which, Denver's which they do that, too. I think they will do that this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they split with Denver um, simply because I just don't trust that, that PFF rating is absolutely correct, and if they had any semblance of a quarterback, it would probably be more like six or seven. They're, yeah, instead of a it. ten, they'd probably be a six or seven because that's – so I actually, but I do have them going over the seven and a half total. I have them going eight and nine. So there's no uh, calling me a homer here. I also have the Broncos in third place, but I have them at nine and eight. Nine and eight. Well, you're a homer. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Uh, my second place team is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I'm banking on the fact that uh, Derwin James and some of these guys will not get injured again. They have been one of the most injury-riddled team over the last two years. Sometimes that changes when a co when a coaching change is made because there's just a different vibe. There's a different process. There's a different way of going about things. It's not a COVID year, so these guys are getting full off seasons. So I'm hoping that they stay healthy. And I actually do have a very high opinion of Justin Herbert. Um, I think they're going to have a really good season. I have them going over the total of nine. I have them going 10 and seven and very likely – We'll see how other divisions work out, but I think they're 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 a potential playoff team. So the first part of my shocking news here is I'm gonna have the Kansas City Chiefs in second place. Wow, dude, that's the end of the podcast. I think the Super Bowl Shut hangover is a real thing. I think I think Mahomes is starting to get banged up more and more. I think that defense is a problem, and they're getting a little older there with Frank Clark, and he's got some off the field issues again. Tyron Matthews getting older, wants more money. Now, like you said before, they're, they're relying true. on a linebacker to step in. So I got the Chiefs in second place at ten and seven. Wow, that is a bold statement. Thank I you. can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna clip this, put it on YouTube because I can't wait to bring to this. rub it in my face. Yeah, because <laughs> in my on my list in first place, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think the exact opposite. Um, I mentioned before that this is the last year of Mahomes' rookie contract. He's still going to be making like $18 million or, or whatever it is, but it's still less than the $35-$40 million he'll be making next year. And I think because of that, you still have all those weapons in place. They did a really good job of revamping that offensive line. I'm stunned that 
they let go of both of those guys, but they replaced them. And frankly, the fact the trade that they made on draft day to bring in Orlando Brown, who would be probably the number one lineman picked in the draft if he was available. Now they got to pay him and they got to pay him through the nose. He's expensive as shit. He ain't cheap. And, and yep. we'll see what that means in coming years. But you can do that this year because Mahomes is still on his rookie contract. And because of that, and I and because I think there's urgency there, um, I have Kansas City, and this might be the most wins I have of any time. I got them going to at least 12 and 5. So I have them going over the total, or um, I have them right at the over and under total of 12. But I got them going 12 and 5. I think they could go 13 and 13 and 4. It just depends on like. You know, at the end of the season, do you need games and all this kind of – the 17-game season is messing with me a little bit, so I'm not sure about – I got him going at least 12-5. and five. I mean, that's like going, you know, 13-3. and three. Yeah. You know, that, I don't know. I just – I don't even think that's four. an outrage. Yeah. I don't think it's an uh, – yeah, 12-4. No, they, I don't they think were 14-2 last year. Yeah. No, that's not crazy shit. So I do think – I do think – they kind of pull the reins back a little and just make sure that Mahomes is healthy and and I don't think they're going to take too many risks but I think they're the class of this division by far and I think that offense in an offensive league is too good and I got them going 12 and 5. So I got new blood taking the division this year. I think they're finally going to be healthy. I think a new coach is going to help that roster a freaking ton and I'm with you. I'm a big believer in Herbert. He really showed a lot last year. Yeah. Uh I have the Chargers and I got him for your second shock. 12 and 5. Man, I just that's amazing. That's a rookie head coach. Guy's never been a head coach. He's like 19 years old. What about McVay? McVay was good as rookie year as a coach. Yeah, he won the Super Bowl. They win a division. I don't know. Who said I got him on the Super Bowl? Well, you got him winning a division going 12 and 5. That's that's a that's a team that gets home field throughout. 12 Maybe. and 5 will get you home field throughout the throughout the playoffs. Probably. They got to go through Buffalo, brother. Not my not my goddamn schedule. They don't. Just don't worry, the Jets will take care of Buffalo. Alrighty. So I'm starting. I, I met, before we go, I mentioned that I wanted to say something about Miami, and so this is one of those things. And you might say I'm a homer on this one, but I'm I'm just let me just let me go for a second. The I'm starting to believe that Miami might have the fourth best quarterback in the division, and this is going to cause a problem. What if I told you that the Jets might finish ahead of Miami? Okay. Just because it's you and I like to bust your balls, I don't completely disagree with you. Okay. I I, I, I see where you're going with this. A I'm little starting bit, to like Tua less and less and less. I agree with you on that for sure, but I think Miami's got a not a better coach, but he's got some years as experience as a head coach. Yeah, more their roster Yeah. Yeah. Their roster's their roster's the roster's not phenomenal, I wouldn't say. Would you? Like, I, I would not. I would say their defense so, is very, very good, but I don't know that the Jets' defense isn't good. And I just think – And listen, and, and Miami, Miami kind of lost their – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, their safety uh, – their safety not, not – Okay. With, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So here, you're so. going down a road that I'm trying to I'm, – I'm thinking yeah. about more and more. So there were multiple games that they benched Tua and went to Fitzpatrick. And and that was after benching Fitzpatrick after he had just won three games in a row, yeah. by the way. Okay? Yep. And I'm getting the sense that there is – I don't want to call it dissension because I think that's a bit strong, and we try to be fair and honest here. But I do think there's some unease in the Miami locker room. 
I'm getting a sense just from little things I'm hearing here and there that there's a little bit of unease in the locker room. Now, something happened less than a week ago, or, or maybe it was more than a week ago, that Tua threw three interceptions during practice. And normally I would say, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything, right? Because this is OTAs. I don't even know if they got pads on. Like, right, right. it doesn't matter. But it does matter if players in that locker room are questioning you and you go out and throw three interceptions. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, like, Yes, sir. And that is one thing that a quarterback can't have, and that's lose the locker room. Because if those guys don't believe in you and you're not playing particularly, you're, you're, you're done. You're toast. Yeah, you're, in, yep. you're in a really yep. bad spot. And you're going to have to work your way out of that solo, and that's really, really hard to do. Really hard to do. Okay, it's really hard to get out of a doghouse like that. Um, that's 24 in the books, my friend. Number 24. And I got, some good na- I got some good names on this list. Why don't friend. you start us off? So I got three honorable mentions. Uh, one I have to just because he was my favorite player for the Yankees for a long time, and now he's a shithead and a cheater. But Robinson Cano, uh, another shithead and a cheater. Another shithead and a cheater. Uh, when he won- when he was with the Pirates, we might mention him next week again. Barry Bonds. I couldn't put him on a list. I refused. And uh, one of the greatest players of all time, Willie Mays. Yes. Uh, those are your. And- uh- Honorable mentions. honorable mentions. Okay. Who's number your number five? five for me? We mentioned him last week. Replaced Donnie Baseball, Tino Martinez. Say no more. That was my number five. Constantino Martinez. Beautiful. Number four, Denver Bronco Hall of Fame cornerback, Champ Bailey. Nice player. Uh, my number four is a guy that I hated but had so much respect for as a Yankee fan. The Man Ram, Manny Ramirez. Manny oh, Ramirez. God, yep. was he a Yankee killer, but just like – you talk about a guy who was just so aloof, but just just was such a good hitter. Yeah. And this God is an damn. era before analytics where he bat 330 and hit 40 home runs, 35, 40 home runs. Like, and driving 110 every oh, year. Oh, yep. God. Yep. It just was eesh, so good and hated him because of it. I know. Number three for me, he grew on me later in his career, and when he retired, unfortunately died tragically last year, and that's Kobe Bryant. Kobe. My number three is Bill Bradley. And one of the reasons I put him there, not necessarily because of his play, but because of his overall life. The man became, uh, I believe, a senator. I know he was at least a congressman, but I believe he actually became a senator, um, which says a lot to me. You know, um, Steve Largent did something similar. There's been a number of athletes. I feel like there was a, a, a quarterback that played for Nebraska that did that did similar, but I can't remember his name right now. Anyway. I appreciate that when you take your fame, and regardless of party, I don't even mean it like that. When you take your fame yeah, yeah. and and then try to, in your way, use it for good on a public on a public forum like that, I think that's kind of a cool thing. So Bill Bradley was my sure. number three. Number two for me, even though he played on a rival NFL team, I couldn't stand him watching him uh, beat the Broncos, but this is an obvious one if you know me. It is Charles Woodson, Heisman winner at mm. Michigan, number of 24. Of course, with the Michigan nonsense. <laughs> My number two, I'll make it really quick, was Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, phenomenal player. Did some, was really starting to do some pretty cool stuff with, uh, yes. with Hollywood yes. and stuff like that. And it would have been really interesting to see what he would have done and where he would have gone with, with some of the things he was doing. So, Tragic, shame, yeah, and, but I but he's got me a, and, I got him at number two.
and coaching and everything with his daughter. It would yeah. be great to see where that yeah. went. Yeah. Uh, number one for me was my favorite player growing up. Probably a ton of players, uh, a ton of people player growing up is Ken Griffey Jr. Mm, absolutely. Uh, my number one, I personally recognize him as having perhaps the best head of hair in NBA history. He was one of the first big men that was, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he won a slam dunk contest, but he was also capable of shooting threes. And he was part of a team the Phoenix Suns, that it might have been the last time that they were actually pretty good. Um, it was when Kevin Johnson was there. It was before Charles Barkley got there, and I love That was Tom Chambers. Go go look up Tom, Tom Chambers on Google and take a look at that hair and how he was able to keep it looking so good throughout an NBA game. Unbelievable, especially coming from us follically challenged people. Yeah. That uh, the hair is not cooperating with the way it used to. So Tom Chambers, the quaff from the desert. Fantastic. Really good player. Really good player. He was like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, able to shoot threes, but also he was definitely a contestant in the slam dunk contest. I feel like he won it. Like, you know, obviously this is quite a while ago, back in the 80s yeah, or 90s, yeah. but that's my list. I like it. Good list, man. Good episode, sir. Yes, of course. And we'll have some, we'll still have some NFL stuff next week that uh, um, I may surprise Scotty with some things. Um, don't forget... You see the scroll on the bottom that you can follow us on Instagram, Bump and Run Cast. Uh, also, if you go to YouTube and go to BNR Clips, you can see that on scroll. Also, you can go to BNR Clips and you'll see Scotty making his unbelievably ridiculous prediction that the Chargers are going to win 12 games in Kansas City. Uh, basically going to be a 500 team. This guy either drinks too much, smokes too much, both. Who knows? Who am I to judge? Everybody's got to live their life the way they do. No, uh, no judgment here. So uh, that's that. I'm sure he'll stand by his words. So I am Pete Colisano for Scott Bracy. You've been listening to Bump and Run, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Later.